0: to do a couple things before we open up scripture together. And the first is I want to try to just both celebrate something and, and maybe bring some clarity to it as well. Um, we've shared the last couple weeks that um, one of the ways that God is providing for us in this season uh, was very unexpected and wonderful, but we had somebody within our church community, our church family um, here um, call a couple weeks ago and say, hey, just wanted to let you know I'm, I'm, God has led uh, us to, to make a, a, a gift, a, a unique financial gift to Mosaic in this season. Um, we see where we're at in the budget, and we've been praying, and this is what God's leading us to do, so just want to let you know. Um, and it was, it was significant. It was $50,000. That's a lot of money, if, if you're not aware. Um, so we are so grateful uh, that God has, has done that and, and, and led this, this family within our family to, to do that. Um, one of the things, is, as I said, God's leading us to do that, is we, we hope that God leads others to do similar as we wait on him for where we're headed um, and, and, and so we said, okay, well, that's wonderful. We'll, we'll just, we'll share that. And so the way that we've done that is to say, hey, in this season, it, it happened a few days before Ash Wednesday, and so we thought as we head into this Lent season, and if, if you don't know what Lent is, Lent is these 40 days plus Sundays that lead us into Easter um, for us. And so it's these 40 days is meant to, um, to mirror the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert uh, fasting and praying and being tempted. Resists temptation and then starts, comes out of the desert, uh, is, is affirmed by his father God, and said, and and starts his public ministry. And so this is um, a, a kind of a historical, traditional way to prepare for um, for Easter. And so we said, well, this is happening right in time with Ash Wednesday, kicks off Lent. Let's just say, anything that that we as a as a church family feel led to give above and beyond will count towards towards that as well. And, and and the idea of the vision was to kind of to double it, to say, hey, somebody led the way, felt led to do this, and what if the rest of us feel led to whatever God calls us to give, and what if that 50 turned into 100, and that would be wonderful. Um, and so, uh, if, if that's something that you would like to consider and, and to pray about, um, this is how we're doing it. Just write that. If you give online, you can write Lent giving. If you give in paper form, you can write Lent giving. Um, if, if you um, give in cash, you can do a post-it and write Lent giving, however you want to do that. But um, just tag it. Hey, Lent giving, and we'll know it's above and beyond. Part of the, the fun in this is that some of us have already felt led to do this, and, and so um, if you look at where we're at in the month of March already, we've we've exceeded what we um, thought we would be at at this point in the month of March, which hasn't happened for us in, in many 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 months. And so, um, yay Jesus, and, and thank you. Um, but if you if you want to do that, the other thing is is we've had um, some uh, calls from folks that have just decided to make mosaic their home in the last couple months, and. And want to start giving, and, and this has kind of encouraged and prompted them as well. And so, if that's true of you, um, we kind of just, in, in an effort to, to honor this, this wish and, and vision, is to say, hey, if, if you begin giving now, we'll count it towards that kind um, of hope of getting to 100. Here's the other thing is that um, this is this is unique. I've not done this before, so this is y- unique. And so, we can look back and figure out how to improve it next time. Hopefully, it happens. But um, we started this year of 2019 and saying, God's leading us into a jubilee year. Which if that doesn't make any sense to you just it's a it's a year to rest and to listen to from to God where He wants us to go um, and so I've been a part of efforts and and times when it's like, hey, we want to do something new and this is what we want to do, and so let's all give towards that and make that happen and so this is like the opposite of that of saying, God, we're going to rest and not plant and not harvest and and not not busy ourselves with a lot of things to do, but we're going to wait on you um, and so to have have God move within our church family at a time where we're resting to to give like this is, is really significant. So um, I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, grab me afterwards and I'll, I'll try to make sense of it. But that's, that's there we go. Yay, great. Okay, we, uh, and I said a couple things and that was long enough to be just one thing. We'll just count that as done. So here, here's where we're going. We've, uh, we've been in a series, if you're here in January, we said, hey, we're starting this this, this year um, God's calling us to, to enter into a year of Jubilee where he's calling us back to his first love, which is Jesus, if you don't know that, to rest as a church. So we look back over the last 15 years, we need a season of rest and to, to have God write a new story in us. And so we said we want to just look at scripture. And so we've called this year The Story. So our teaching series is The Bible, The Story of God. And, and we just started a reading plan February one because um, January 1's been overdone, so we started February 1, and, and we've just been looking back at the text that we're reading every week as a church and um, and teaching from that on a, on a Sunday. We don't know how long this will go, but but that's what we've started, um, and so we just finished Genesis last Sunday. John Chang was here, did a great talk on the life of Joseph. I encourage you to listen to it. Um, we're starting Exodus uh, as, a, as part of our reading as a church right now, and I'm going to skip forward to a different book of the Bible, and then we'll catch catch up with Exodus next week but the reason for that is that last Sunday we commissioned ourselves as a church to enter into a visioning season as a church listening to God and this Friday and Saturday were really significant days very long days for there was anywhere between uh, 12 and 40 of us here uh, throughout those two days praying um, being directed by two coaches through this process, um, working together and to try to, to receive from God where he's, he's leading us next. And one of the two coaches, Terry, is here uh, this morning. I'm going to invite him up, and then as we open up scripture together, I'm going to ask Terry some questions about where we are as a church. So would you welcome Terry as he, as he joins me up here? <laughs> So if you were here, we did a family meeting at the end of January, and uh, Terry was up on the screen. So if you were here for that family meeting, um, you've already met Terry on screen, um, but now you're here in person, which is so much better. Much better. Much better. Terry, uh, thanks thanks for doing this. Thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thanks for this weekend. Thanks for this process. Um, Three things for us to get to know you. Yep. Tell us a little bit about your family, a little bit about the work that God's called you to do, and... You've written a number of books, but the book you haven't written, tell us about that.
1: That's intriguing at the end. Um, Terry Walling, live in Chico, California. You know Chico now because of all the fires. Um, By the way, uh, God's doing a new work, even in the midst of all of that, as hard as that is. Paradise, the city, is gone, Um, which was our neighboring city. But God is using the church to help rebuild and redo and do a new work. So a lot of you prayed for us. Thank you. Uh, it, it is pretty significant what's happening. My church, other churches are involved in that, so that's pretty exciting. Rob and I uh, moved up in 99, originally a SoCal boy, uh, and basically of the church I grew up in for uh, a significant period of time. I would not wish that on too many people, but I've been to counseling, so I'm okay, um, bottom line is, parents went to church, dad was on the board, my mom was my secretary. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Greatest thing about your mom being your secretary is telling her to clean up her desk after she actually, all those years, told you to clean up your room. Anyways, that's my standard line. Uh, <clears throat> and just about the time I had it all worked out, thought this was exactly what I was going to do, I joined an organization called Church Resource Ministry, CRM, a guy named Paul Rhodes used to... Uh, Belonged to that same organization, in case you know that name. We're all drinking buddies from seminary. I'll leave that, what, up to you. Um, But basically served with them for uh, 21 years and launched a team over to Australia, came back, and basically had the passion to try to help the church be who God's called her to be. And that ended up issuing and developing with myself and a team at um, CRM a whole process called Refocusing. We had, anywhere 2,500, 5,000, a whole bunch of churches go through this to help them better understand who they are, where they are, and how they can live into what God's uh, fulfillment is in terms of their journey. So I was with them quite a long while, Uh, last 12 years cut free and basically have started a ministry called Leader Breakthrough. We resource and coach breakthrough in the lives of risk-taking kingdom leaders. So we try to stand with the people who want to make a difference and do everything we can to coach them, encourage them, and help them understand their journey and how to develop other leaders. So that gives you a little bit of a quick overview of kind of who I am a little bit. Uh, I used to do a lot of work working with churches. I have been doing a lot more just in leadership development, but just the way this worked out and uh, knowing uh, Mosaic, having a heart for what you guys have been doing, hearing your story, Uh, God has um, brought us together. And so myself and a guy named Dan Knoll are coaching you through the process. Dan is in uh, State College, Pennsylvania. He's been there for 27 years. And he is involved in helping a church be what God wants it to be. And interesting enough, have been through a re-envisioning process three times. So, yeah, and it's not because he can't get it right. It just... Bottom line is hearing God in new, fresh ways in terms of, of where it's headed. So that lets you know a little bit about me. Second question was... Oh, you did the first two, third one. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, Robin and I, uh, three kids, all live in town in Chico, all married. And now we have eight grandkids, eight and under. Five minutes away. So guess what we're doing a lot of? You got it, babysitting. Um, But having wonderful sleepovers and everything like that. Uh, Quick lesson, never put on Facebook at 9.30 at night. You running around your house with all your grandkids doing little glow sticks. uh, Especially when the moms told you to get in bed by 8 o'clock. Just thought I'd share that lesson. (laughs) Having a lot of fun with that stage of the journey itself. The book, I've written a couple books. I've written a groundbreaking book called Stuck. That is shameless promotion right there. But it's on transitions. (laughs) Helping people understand transitions and stuff. The book, though because none of those will be bestsellers the book I'm convinced would be the bestseller is how to eat your way across America and here's a simple way to do it I think what you do is you buy three track outfits or whatever and about four or five uh, USA Today's fold them up stick them under your arm and all you have to do in the morning time is go into places like Holiday Inn Express um, Hyatt Place or whatever and you could eat your way across America they would never know we'll see if that would be a bestseller but anyways, that's that's my story and I'm sticking to it all right don't steal that idea. That's his. Don't try to get that absolutely. Out. <laughs> Come on.
0: So, um, like I said, we'd, we'd normally be starting Exodus, but because of the, the week that we've had, want to want to put that on pause and jump ahead to a book uh, later in the Bible that we'll get to eventually. But um, want to jump ahead to there just and, and read a, a few quick verses because it actually helps helps give context to where we're at. Uh, it's the book of Jeremiah. It's chapter twenty nine. I want to read uh, a, a few verses, and it's the last one I'm going to read. It might sound familiar to you. You might actually have heard it before. Maybe you didn't know it was in the Bible, but it, the words might sound really familiar. Uh, but what's happening is, as we've already learned in, in the book of Genesis, God's story he puts into a people, and so he forms a, a people, the, the Hebrew people, the people of Israel, promises them a land, and then way down later in, in Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, this prophet is his is mouthpiece for God. He's, he's communicating God's truth, God's word to the people of Israel, and they've mm-hmm. They've received the land, but they haven't been faithful to God, and, and God has actually allowed them. He's lovingly disciplined them by, being, by allowing some of them to be exiled from the land, some of the, kind of the, the leaders, the cream of the crop, the, the sharpest, the most educated, taken away into a foreign land called Babylon, and they're in Babylon struggling and wondering what their future is and what they're to do in this place they don't want to be, and they've got three messages that are coming to them. The first message is from the Babylonians that are saying, hey, you're talented, you're great, assimilate and become like us. Just, just be like us. It's easier, it's more comfortable, it's good for us, it's good for you, it's, it, it's mm-hmm. just good. Just go with it and assimilate. Become like us. Don't try to be different. The second message they're getting is from some of their own who have become false prophets. And what they've told them is, hey, just get out, just bail, just abandon and, and try to flee and go home. Mm-hmm. And then the third message they get is, is a message from God. Through Jeremiah. And God says to the people through Jeremiah a very different message than either assimilate or, or run away. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 5 starts and says this this is God's words to his exiled people in Babylon Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. So that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, don't decrease. Hmm. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you, do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. Verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The the people of God are exiled in Babylon rather than just becoming like them and fitting in or ejecting and bailing and fleeing and running away and running home. He says, no, sink down roots, be here. Don't just be here, be my people here and, and make a difference. Be my light here. Be changed because you've been obedient to me in this place. For I know that I have plans for you, plans for a hope and a future. Now, that's not all the same for us. We're not necessarily exiled. Um, but there are those same temptations to assimilate and fit in or to eject and run away. For us as a church family, as a mosaic, we're in, the, in, the, in this season of saying, God, we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Point us to a, a new future. We've had 15 years. We've had a chapter. What, what's next? And we're, we're looking to a future. And so Terry, I, I just... I want to ask you, as, as a church looking to the future, how, right. is, how is that helpful as we yep. as we step into this season? Yeah,
1: I call that Jeremiah 29, 11 a coffee mug verse. Because we put them on coffee mugs, we put them on t-shirts, and we actually almost can discard them. And so it ends up being one of the mis- most misunderstood verses. That in the toughest time, the Lord is saying, settle down. In the toughest time, the Lord is saying, to wait on me. And he's saying that because I know what I'm doing. By the way, look at the person next to you and say, God knows what he's doing. It's okay to talk in church. Just look and say that to them. That God, God Okay, I, you may not want to completely play along, but you know what I mean. <laughs> God knows what he's doing. Even when we don't understand, even when his ways aren't our ways and his thoughts aren't our, our thoughts, and we would have done it differently, God still knows what he's doing. Well, it was interesting when I dove into that passage of Scripture, I realized, wow, even he's telling people... Trust me, because it's going to look dark, but just, just know what I'm doing. And working with churches, I began to, to actually see something. So this is an illustration. Stay with me. It actually has a point. And it's this, um, a rowing a boat. I hate to row a boat. Now, I realize I'm up in the Pacific Northwest where all of you people know how to do all this kind of stuff, and I'm going to look utterly ridiculous as a Southern California boy. But the bottom line is, when, I, when I'm thinking about a rowboat, I'm thinking about this aluminum thing that goes kind of around you, right? And it's kind of, shake your head, as I know there's other ones, there's kayaks and all that, but just play with me, all right? So around, there's this aluminum boat, there's this bench, and you got the two oars, and you're sitting on it. Here's why I don't like rowing a boat. Because as you're rowing, where is where you're going? Behind you. That makes no sense to me <laughs> in terms of an, a productive activity. And I, and I know there's other ways to do it, but in that kind of a deal, and you're rowing the boat, um, I like to be in control. Look at the person next to say you like to be in control too. Just say that. Yeah, yeah. We, we all like to know where we're going. We all like to be in control. So here's how I approach rowing. I basically do it this way. I go like this, wemo, and then I go wemo, and then I go wemo and wemo. And how's my boat go? Wee. One day I kind of understood and saw when I even looking at this passage that there's a way to, to understand rowing. You know the most effective way to row? Fixed reference points in the past. Huh? In fact, if you'll actually say there's a shore out there, if you'll actually get a fixed reference point on that shore and if possible line it up with some fixed reference points in the actual um, water itself, all of a sudden what you'll begin to do is realize that If you line all those up and don't worry about this so much and just start rowing, guess what? It'll keep you focused and so it'll take you straightway into the future. And the future unfolds on the side. Terry, what's that got to do with Jeremiah 29, 11? A German theologian actually translated the word for, I'll give you, remember that future and hope thing? The word for future is aharit, similar to a rower rowing a boat how do we move into the future first we make sure we got fixed reference points in the past in fact you never do a visioning process in a vacuum you do it in the context of a story that God's been at work in a people in a group of people over a period of time and there are fixed reference points that he actually has placed here And if we understand where we've been, that's our best shot of understanding where we're going. In fact, every good vision is seated in the past. It's not anchored in the past, it's seated in the past. And the more we line up our story and understand it, the more we understand potentially where we need to go. In fact, visioning is just a discovery process, not an invent. We're not inventing the future, we're discovering how God's been at work. In fact, if God's ever been at work, he's always been at work. Shake your head as if you believe that, because that's what Scripture says. And the bottom line is, if he's not ever been at work, the question is not, is he at work in Mosaic? The question is, what is he at work doing, and how do we join him in that work? And all of God's people said, amen, amen. So that's how Jeremiah, because what we spent in the first few days and first few hours was actually understanding where Mosaic's been to better understand where Mosaic might want to go uh, in the future. One of the key ways of
0: doing that is is through this uh, experience of the Journey Wall that if you've been around you've heard us mention and talk about something that that, um, you kind of authored years years ago. And so uh, I think there was about 30 or 40 of us that walked through it Friday night together to kind of learn how to do that and just it was it was wonderful, it was exciting, it was painful, it was hopeful, and, and to learn how to do that, and it, basically it's end up you putting, putting our story up on a wall, and so we've kind of been through it now and are going to facilitate a time in about a month, uh, April 28th, 5 to 7 in the evening is going to be open invite to everyone, and we're going to be able to walk through it together, whoever can be here, it's going to, but what, what we can see is our story, learn, learn lessons, yep. uh, and then to see how God hmm. has been working, and that was probably the most, the most powerful and encouraging part about it was to see yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's such a simple thing. Yep. Like God's always at work, and it's like, well, a lot of times we're we're kind of reaching for exactly how is that? And to get it from multiple voices up in front is okay. Th- there it is. We can see it. Yep. The second thing that that as you're saying that, Terry just just comes to mind is that, um, before we entered into this, we started this this kind of journey this year called the story. And not only do we have a mosaic story that's 15 years old. But this, our story actually is one really, really, really small part in God's story. And as we're looking at Scripture, we're seeing those fixed reference points in the yep, past yep. that we consistently need to go back to Scripture and say, yeah, okay, God, that you haven't changed. You've remained the same. You've done this. You're telling us a story. You invite us not just to know it and be shaped by it, but to, but to be shaped in it and to be a part of it. Yep, uh, yep. What, uh, so if that's the, how, we, how we begin to... Yep. Pray and step into a future is by, is by looking back. Where is it that we're at right now? Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, in talking uh, with the leaders, and you, you actually, and you look at a story, you begin to see, wow, there is in all stories kind of a pattern to stories. So every church is unique. Um, Mosaic's unique. You're unique to who you are. But when you look at lots of churches in terms of where they are, you begin to realize that there is a kind of a cycle that they go on. So many of you have seen, in your mind, can see something kind of called a bell curve, where something comes into existence, it's exciting, we don't know what it is, and God bursts it and brings it into existence. As it comes into existence, it begins to grow, people get excited, New other people begin to come, and it starts building some sense of momentum. As it builds momentum, all of a sudden it recognizes it's got ministries, it's got things it wants to do places it wants to go, things that actually are tied to people's needs. So it begins to grow, and it starts to have uh, kind of, in some sense, a life into itself. What begins to happen, though, is churches begin to grow. Can you see it with me? I'm, I'm drawing the bell curve. As it goes up, it hits up in th- this top part of the area, and all of a sudden, it, there's a lot of stuff going on, and people get con- consumed with making sure we're doing the right stuff and doing the good stuff, where a church can almost peak right up here at the top of the bell curve. And sometimes churches go all the way up to the top and they begin to do something called plateau. And in the plateau time, it's not the fact that they don't love Jesus or called according to his purposes or doing great things. is that all of a sudden they just become consumed with doing all the things. And if not careful, what begins to happen, they become consumed with those to the point where they can actually begin to go on the other side of the bell curve, which is kind of a decline. What's interesting, though, is that during that period of time, when churches get a right about there, that's when they're the best candidate for a visioning process, because it's time now to take a step back, look at where we've been, and begin to rethink through, God, where do you want to take us into the future? And so that decline or that up on the top creates the need to take a step back and do a visioning process. Voila! That's where we are. Now, here's the unbelievable news. Do you know that typically what that cycle is? That cycle usually is anywhere from 12 to 15 years. How old is Mosaic? 15 years. Unbelievable. We're right about in terms of where we should be. In fact... We're not broke. Folks, we're normal. And all of God's people said. uh, Look at the person next to you and say, you're not broke. Just say, even if you are, you're not broke. (laughs) We're normal at this point in time. Now, does that mean we haven't had problems and hiccups and things we've got to work on and do differently and things that, that shouldn't have been? Of course that happens. The church has people in it. But the bottom line is, this is about where a church needs to actually take a step back. In fact, where are we really? We're really at the beginning of what is chapter 2 of Mosaic. Chapter 1 gives us the seedbed to start envisioning what chapter 2 might look. Did you go to sleep? No. Okay, good. How no, can I'm just, you? I'm jumping around you the can't, stage yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just, exactly. I'm Actually, I'm
0: focusing on not tipping over because yeah, you're yeah. moving around. So yeah. it's great. It's really... I didn't think you did. I oh, just okay, kidding. Okay. Right. No, I, there's so many things that are run yep. running through my, my head as you kind of walk through us, yep. walk us through that. Yep. And um, one one of the things is that uh, for a number of us, uh, we've been around a long time. Uh, some of you have been here. Um, you were you were praying in this building before any of the rest of us were here and the building didn't belong to us uh, some of you have been here 15 years uh, others of you have walked in this morning this is your first time here and you're like this is really really weird how did I end up here and everywhere in between and and part of God writing a new chapter in in us as a people mm. as us as a church family uh, is that it, it takes an, a, a time and an opportunity and the willingness to slow down and, say, and stop and say God what is it that you have for us and then for us all to be playing a role in that and to, to see what God is doing in this second chapter right. to, to use that language, which is, is so helpful and so needed. Um, and that was a pretty, pretty significant thing for us that, that we have gone through that bell curve and we've gone over the plateau mm-hmm. and, and declined in in a number of ways and mm-hmm. said, okay, what are the warning signals of that and what do we need to change and what can we celebrate in the past and what was not good in the past and what do we need yeah. to improve and, and all of that and go, okay. And God, you're going you're gonna to do a new work in us if we're available and, yep. and willing to do that. Yep. Um, so as, as we say, okay, that's where we're at now. Yep. What, what, what do we
1: need to know going forward into, yep. the, into yep. the future? Yeah, um, I think what's really happening is God has actually <laughs> stopped us so that we can take a step back and look at where he's taking us. And what's the purpose, Terry? He's starting to begin the process of authoring what's the unique contribution of mosaic in the future what is the unique thing and the unique reason that he's brought us into existence we've done a lot of things but what is it ultimately that he really wants us to focus on in the future as we move forward in order to impact portland and where he's placed us what is it uniquely that he has for us and so I would say where we are right now and what's ahead of us is we're in a transition. By the way, you know what a transition is? You don't know where you're going, but you know you can't go back to the past. Look at the person next to you, say he's talking about you. Just say that, he's talking about you. yeah. <laughs> in fact, when a place is in a transition, actually there's a lot of us who are in transition. And so what typically happens in a transition is you want to fix it, solve it, let's get it all It's basically get all you can out of a transition as God starts to author what's next because he's taking us to the next place in our journey. But here's the really cool thing, and we are committed, Dan and I both, to always tell you the truth. The really cool thing is we had two really good days. And God showed up in pretty significant ways. Come on, somebody say glory or get Pentecostal or something, right? Yeah. And the bottom line is, it's not only were they good days. And by the way, we're looking at all of it. The stuff that was hard and the stuff that's not hard. The stuff that should have been done different and the stuff we should have done more of. We're looking at it all. But in the midst of it, we started to hear whispers that not only is God at work, he's beginning to speak on what that work might look like in the future. So the process we're on is to try to help us discover and gain what I call voice recognition. How do we hear his voice amongst all the voices and follow that voice into the future? We're in a transition, but here's the final comment for you about a transition. Transitions come to an end. And when they come to the end, God uses them to propel us into the future. You would get stuck, and so would churches, if we didn't go through in-betweens. And the in-between helps to author what's next. And we, are, we started to see in our meetings the first seeds of God and what he might want to do in the future. Don't have it wired yet. Don't have it all figured out. But God began to speak in a pretty significant way. That's good news. Amen. Huge
0: answer to prayer, and a ton of you have been praying. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was unexpected yep. um, and, and deeply encouraging yes. and, and super hopeful. Um, do, you have, do you have a word for us as, yeah. as we close? Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: By the way, I told you Dan. Dan's in State College, Pennsylvania, he had to fly home this morning. Um, but, but we both said, Lord, what's the word for them? And we got this verse for you. We got this verse from Philippians chapter one being confident of this. That he who began this good work will carry it on to completion in Christ Jesus. How about that for uh, being confident, confident of this. That he who started this, because it was his idea, is the one who's going to author and take us forward. So basically, kind of my Eugene Peterson of this is he who began this good work is still at work. And as we move into the future, we're going to chase him and try to discover that work and join him in the future. So our passion and our hope for you is that you be not just encouraged, but you know that we're following the one who actually brought Mosaic into existence. And together, leadership, staff, team, all of us, as we align with that, he will actually empower what the next chapter looks like. So
0: that's the word. Thank you so much. We, as we look into the future, the next step is to um, is to involve as many of us uh, as as we possibly can. All of us would be would be awesome. Uh, but uh, the the vision team that Dan and uh, Terry have been coaching are are kind of equipped and trained out to, to go and, and meet with, with uh, any kind of groups that we have. We're going to have a couple post Sunday gatherings over the next uh, month and a half. Uh, different meetings, at times that we'll be able to. Everybody will be able to make and and so that you'll be able to hear and see. And get your fingerprints on, get feedback to everybody. So we want to, this is very different than starting a church that's not yet in existence. <laughs> We've got 15 years. Everybody has something to say. Uh, and and uh, we want to be able to catch as much as that as possible yeah. as we
1: step into the future. Yeah. Terry, would you pray for us? Yeah, I'd be honored. Let's, let's bow for <clears throat> Jesus, like we sang, um, we love you. That's what this is about moving deeper, deeper in understanding about how much you loved us. How like um, the Father did to you, you look to us and say, these are my servants in whom I'm well pleased. Um, Would you uh, put your arms around this congregation and in the next few days, months, and weeks, reassure them that you who began this good work are continuing this work. And not only that, that there is some seeds of what they've already done that will now begin to help better inform what should be done in the days ahead. The people you have for them, as well as the people that you've already molded them to be. Thank you that the journey with you is that. It's an ongoing process of redemption. It's an ongoing process of uh, becoming more and more like you. So Spirit of God, surround them, protect them, cause them to recognize that in the midst of this time as we wait on you, you are incredibly faithful to speak, that even you want to speak sometimes even more than we want to listen. So give us ears to hear and eyes to see, and give us the ability to recognize your voice. Give us voice recognition in the days ahead. To hear you and then have the courage to follow you as you do the new work the next chapter uh, the next part of the story in the life here at mosaic we bless you jesus we praise you for the work you've done in our hearts help us to love you with our lives in the days ahead in christ's name amen